Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 uh, in Edmonton. And again, today is Santa's Day at 630 Chit, inspired by a simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas. With your help, we can make that wish come true. You can donate to 630 Chit Santa's Anonymous now by calling 587-855-1821. That's 587-855-1821 or visit santasanonymous.ca. All right, and uh, we also want to mention that we are in our Sky Eye Measurements Power Hour. They will match up to uh, $5,000 in terms of uh, donations. All right, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Um, Yes, indeed. Roos Chris, open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. As we uh, head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are joined by Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRusk for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com. And we bring aboard Louis DeRusk. Hey, Louis, how you doing? Hey, Bob, doing well today. How are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, did you have any empathy last night uh, for Arizona? Because as an Oilers broadcaster, uh, you know, you and me have been on some of the other ends of those over the years. <laughs> I actually said that on the air last night when McDavid scored his second goal, there wasn't much of a celebration. And he understands, right, the temperature of the game. He, he looks over and he says, okay, listen, we have this game in the bag. We understand we're kind of rolling over this team. And he didn't want to celebrate and whoop it up um, when a team was uh, down by six goals, um, seven goals at that time. So, so you know, like, I, I respect that from Connor. I think he recognizes that he has been in some of those situations before in his career, and obviously Ryan Nugent Hopkins has gone through some lean years as well. You understand that. It's not like you want to put another nail in the coffin. It's it's just let's finish this up. Let's get out of this game healthy. This game's essentially over and finish it off. There was still you know seven seven or eight minutes left in the game at that point in time. And I, you know even if you're on the other side of it, you're like okay, this one's done. Let's just check this one off and get to the next one um, with everybody intact. And for the Arizona Coyotes, I looked over at that bench and really where I saw them deflate was the real quick response goal by Ryan Nugent Hopkins in yep. the second of the game. When they when they scored the goal to make it 3-1, and it was a two-goal game, there was some life. The bench was up, and then immediately Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores that goal, and I looked over at the bench, and uh, it was, you know, the look of disgust in their face was, it just it said it all. They just, this has been a long grind for them. It was 14 straight in the road, albeit they did break it up multiple times. 
it was still a long, long period of time where you're not playing a game in front of your home fans. You're in a whole bunch of different buildings. You're playing different teams. Um, it's been a trying time. 20 of 24 games away from home ice, and the four games that they played at home ice um, were as the building was still under a little bit of construction. So it's just been a... It's been a kooky start, to say the least. They're excited to get home and start to get some games at Mullet Arena. I talked to a lot of their personnel yesterday. and But, yeah, you know what? I did have some empathy, no question about it. This has been a real tough stretch for them. One win in their last 11 games. You just have to look back to last year. Um, was it 2-11-2? and two? The Oilers went in that one stretch. Yep, um, we've been there. And, and I mean, that's uh, you know what it felt like around here when that was going on, so I can only imagine what it's feeling like in Arizona, and they're wanting to try and turn that ship around. Well, the old saying in pro sport is there's losing and then there's misery, or there's winning and yeah. then there's misery uh, when you lose. So there you have it. All right, Louis, uh, Connor McDavid right now. He leads the league in goals, assists, points, points per game, power play assists, power play points, and his third in power play goals. He's having a pretty good year, isn't he? <laughs> I'd say not bad. You know, like, uh, it's funny because we, you know, we, we see him all the time, right? And I, and I know you and I have talked about this many times where sometimes you're like, am I talking about this guy too much? You know, do we want to make back off a little bit and just, not, but it's impossible not to talk about him um, because of the things he does. I mean, that pass by Dreisaitl on a second goal, it reminded me so much, uh, the first goal, sorry, it reminded me so much of uh, the goal years ago where um, Big Joe Thornton, you know, through an amazing backhand pass from one wall to the other on the tape of a streaking player. I don't know who it was, probably Marlowe, but it was just fantastic. And I just, you know, if you look at the distance that he put that puck right on the tape of McDavid, he's going at a pretty good clip to pick that puck up before he wraps it around. Remarkable. The chemistry between those two players is phenomenal. It's just absolutely off the charts. And it shows, you know, and it's been a testament to, I think, Jay Woodcroft for keeping them apart as much as he has. I mean, he's had to load them up here because of the injuries that they've sustained in their lineup, so we need to have that big punchy line that would go out there and could uh, really push you on your heels. But that was, you know, just a remarkable, remarkable pass and finish by McDavid. But he's having one of those seasons, and we've talked about it so often, about how he comes in every year, and there's something that he's tweaked a little bit in this game. There's something that he's worked on to make it a little bit better. And uh, he takes a lot of pride in it. You know what? I, we, we see him on a day-to-day basis. We don't talk to him a ton, but when we do talk to him, you, you, you certainly um, gain the information that, you know, this kid gets it. He just he wants to be better. He wants to work on his game. He's a junkie. He loves the game. And um, he wants to do it justice because he understands that he's a great player. He really does realize where he stands and what he is to the game. And um, it takes a little time sometimes to be comfortable with that and hold on to that. But I think he's gotten there, no question about it. And he's just uh, he's doing his talking on the ice. He's doing his talking on the ice as he does, has done every single year. And this year's another special year where he's taking it up even another notch. When you think, is there another another notch to go? Well, there is with this guy. He just continues to work on his game. Well, one guy who has stepped up his game is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The last yeah. two seasons, two years yep. ago when we played the Canadian-only division, the North Division, he had seven even-strength goals in 52 games. Last year, he had seven even-strength goals in 63 games. He already has 10 even-strength goals this year in 27 games. Last season all year, he only had 11 goals. He's got 13 goals this year. Uh, He's at better than a point per game right now. Louis, how much of this is a byproduct that Edmonton's got a really good, you know, top three power play? A lot of people consider him to be, I know Frank Saravalli in Daily Faceoff said, like, you know, if you're ranking a guy that's a power play, an elite power play guy that maybe isn't the greatest five-on-five, maybe that's R&H. 
But uh, how much of it is that, and how much of it is his his improved play five v five this year? Well, I think it's a combination. I think I, I do think that the power plays and you know making those plays as fast as he does, and complementing that power play and being a real critical part of that power play the way he has been. Um, he's been one of the big three, right? We talk about um, Drysaddle and McDavid, obviously, for for the reasons what they've done in the league the last seven years, eight years. It's been incredible. But, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is right there with them. When they're snapping that puck around and making plays, he's intertwining, moving positions. He can play the half wall. The goalie scored last night on the power play. He was on the half wall. They switched things up to kind of give a little bit different look. Uh, and he's part of all that combination, that spine that you want to call it, that, I guess, horizontal spine that uh, is across the middle with those three. And then there's other guys that will inject in in front of the net. Net front, Zach Hyman's been doing a terrific job. So he's the guy there right now. Evander Kane gets some opportunities there because he's excellent in front of the net when he's healthy. And then on the back end, you switch it out too with, you know, Darnell Nurse could be a left option. You have two right options in Barry and Bouchard. But, you know, that trio, and I think because he's played in that position for so long now with those two guys, I think it's rubbed off on him in five-on-five. He's played left wing with both Dreisaitl and McDavid, so he can play wing and center. He's a versatile player. And you know what? I just think that as he's kind of grown as an individual, I think he's grown as a player. I think right now he's understanding he can do more. He can be more of a driver. And I look back, you know, I think when Nuge first came into the league, and his first year, you know, he's this kind of scrawny kid, skinny, and he comes in and, he just had a little bit more like oomph to want to try things on his own. I, I don't know. I'm sure you recall that he kind of came in with a little bit of the first overall pick and he, you know, was trying to move. I remember he danced around Lidstrom the one time and we joked and said, you know, you're not going to see too many guys flat foot Nicholas, Nicholas Lidstrom like that. And, he, and those quick edges that he has, it's all confidence with him. And I just think he's starting to really realize he can do more. Um, he's getting a little support from his line mates and, it's a, it's a real viable option for them to put him at center now and load up the top two guys. Or if when guys get healthy, they can put him on the wing and put Dreisaitl back at center, have him on a third line if they even get deeper than that. It just really opens up so many things. But there's no question when Nugent Hopkins is playing the way he's playing 5-on-5 five five and you know essentially driving his own line like that, it just it makes him a much harder team to play against in any situation, whether he's a second-line centerman or a third-line centerman or he's a left winger. When he's going, it's noticeable. You're joined right now by Louis DeBrus. Louis, uh, hey, we got to talk about this in last night's game. Clean Costin. And I'll, full disclosure here, when I heard, so basically three days before the trade got made, I'd heard that there was some thought, say, maybe we'll switch, um, you know, a uh, a Russian prospect defenseman that's behind Broberg and uh, Niemalainen on the left side is a, a future Edmonton order for a Russian prospect left wing that's been pushed out by the likes of Jake Neighbors in St. Louis in terms of clean cost. And I was like, I don't know if I do that deal. Don't you need more defense than you need forwards? Well, Costin's been a better player than I thought he was. He's certainly a more competitive player than I thought he was. And last night, he, you know, he he got he got involved with Keller, Louis, and he was back out there at the end of the game. And you knew somebody was going to come calling, and he did not shy away. You'd love that, don't you? I did like it a lot, and I actually talked to Zach Cassian after the game about it, and 
you know, Zach doing what he needs to do too. I, I like the fact that Zach actually did something there. He, you know, he, he saw that Keller was getting roughed up by a big guy and he went out there and gave a couple good cross checks and Costin got up and the gloves came off in a flash. And he's like, Hey, I don't know. He said he didn't know much about the kid, to be honest. He goes, I didn't know what this kid was all about, but he's a big, strong kid. And I really liked it. I like the fact that he didn't back down from Ryan Reeves. Uh, in Minnesota as well. Now, I'm not expecting him to go out there and drop the gloves with the heavyweights, but what I'm saying is you like the fact that he's going to stand up for himself, and he is a big guy. He really is a big individual. Um, he was drafted in the first round by the St. Louis Blues, so you know there's a th- th- there was a game there that they recognized, a big power four game that had some hands, and you're starting to see that come out a little bit in him. He just never really got traction in St. Louis, and sometimes a change like this, we've seen it so often, um, where teams take a gamble on a player that maybe isn't finding their stride with an organization. They come into this, the new organization and they just kind of start to find their game and, and click. And the good thing is I think Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff have put him right in the right position. They've allowed him to kind of work himself into this role. But not only that, something that Jay said yesterday in his press conference that really resonated with me, and it's about um, complimenting and celebrating the small things in the game that go into winning. We so much and so often, and myself included, we're looking at the, the, the beautiful goal, the beautiful pass, the big save, and those are all absolutely mega important in winning games. But the little tiny details of the game that most players really commit themselves to each and every day um, are vital to pulling out wins in this league. Vital. And I think that the coaching staff is doing a good job at tapping guys on the shoulder when they make a nice little trip out of the zone, when they finish a hard check on the forecheck, when they win a puck battle in a tough area in front of either net. Those are little things that you start to, you know, compliment and tap on the shoulder, and then they want to go out and repeat it. And I think it's a real a real smart um, analysis from a coach right now that's trying to get guys to fire in all cylinders. And for clean cost, and he's coming here, you can see the come. This is a young player that wants to play, Bob. Any player that comes in the league, you want to find your stride. You want to find some consistency. You want to stay in the lineup. And what you said is I'm seeing some compete there in this guy and some grit and sandpaper that he's saying, you know what? I don't want to be taken out of the lineup. So I'm going to do what it takes. That song, whatever it takes, right? It's yep. like go out there and, and do whatever it takes to kind of stick around and make sure you're part of this team. And he seems to have that attitude. And Jack and I had a pretty good conversation with him yesterday morning. I don't know if we planted the seed on the fighting, but I asked him about the physical side of the game because I didn't really know that about him too much. But he said, you know, I've never been afraid. He said, I've always been a big guy. I've always been a guy that's not afraid to throw my weight around and and drop the gloves and fight. He said when he came down to the American Hockey League, he knew he was going to have to fight and protect himself to gain space, to gain respect. He said, I don't want to be a guy that goes out there and just fights for no reason at all because he considers himself a player first and he wants to be a hard-nosed power forward. But he said, I'm not going to back away. And that's exactly what we've seen from Clayton Costin. He's gone out there. He's played hard. He's been one of their most physical forwards, if not their most physical. Their most physical. It's not even close. And, you know and, uh, and you know what? He backs it up, which how long have we been talking about this? Uh, the Oilers need players to go out there to be that sandpaper and grit that are big, that can play that type of a game. And it can't just be Vander Kane when he's healthy or Kyler Yamamoto throwing every single you know, ounce of his weight into body checks every night. You need everybody committed to playing that kind of a game. And especially in the bottom six, that's the grindy hard game that you have to play to be competitive. And he's added that to the bottom six. And who knows if he keeps doing what he's doing, he might even get a sniff up higher in the lineup eventually. All right. So we go, uh, by the way, was there, did you play against Andre Nazarov? I did. Did you ever fight? Did you ever fight him? 
Never fought him, but I played with him in Tampa Bay, and uh, you know what? He was a big, tough customer too. But he and, was uh, a fi- he was a fighter. He wasn't. Yeah, you know he he. <laughs> well, he. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the video of him when he was a coach over in the KHL oh, in yeah. Russia. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, like, trying to fight fans, or referees. You know, he, uh, you know, Nazi was one of those guys that just super nice human being. But when, when the switch got, you, you, you asked me this last time we talked about somebody who switched when he snapped. And when he snapped, it was like, he's a big human being. You don't really know what he's going to do. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't afraid to go to the dark side. All right. Uh, so we, we talk about a player that's doing what he can do and uh, providing a dimension. Now we got to circle to Jesse Pugliarvi. And uh, and this wouldn't be happening, uh, but uh, Pugliarvi did an interview with Finnish journalist Tommy uh, Seppola of the YLE News Agency. And uh, it, it, here's the quotes, and this is from Mark Spector's column. 20 games, I have one goal. It's sad. I've been thinking a lot of how to do things differently. Right now, I just don't have the answer. Uh, he goes on to say, of course, I'd like to be a productive top-line player, but right now it looks like I can't do it in the NHL, maybe some other league. Now, this... Uh, <laughs> Mark had a play on uh, with, I did not see this until I circled back to the story today. I didn't realize he'd sent a second tweet out on the story, and he spelt Bison King, uh, B-Y-E hyphen son, S-O-N, which I think uh, rankled a lot of the people on Twitter. Um, this is, I, Louis, I got to tell you, think of where we were a year ago with Paul Yarvey, 10 goals, 13, uh, 23 points in his first 28 games. At that time, we're, we're thinking, you know, is he going to cost him four, four and a half, five million dollars a year in an extension? He doesn't even resemble the same player right now. Yeah. And it's clear yeah. he, and he talks about the, you know, the challenges the, the, later on in the piece. He talks about the challenges of, you know, uh, playing. Uh, I'm trying to find out who I am as a player since it looks like I don't uh, fit anywhere here in Edmonton. I've started checking a lot and lead the team in hits, and at least that's a positive, he goes on to say. Um, and he goes, just regarding Connor McDavid, he says, it takes a lot to play with a superstar like him. You have to win puck battles and make plays at the same time. It's a high-quality game, and it takes a good player. You have to be a real good player to play with him. It's hard to tell why I'm not scoring. He continued again. This is translated from uh, Finnish. Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot. I scored earlier, and I think now I'm older, more experienced, and a better player, yet I'm not scoring. It's, it is kind of tough to watch, isn't it, with Jesse? Because he's got a huge fan base here, Louie. He does, and, he, and he's a... Uh... You know, he's always got a smile on his face. He's come over, he's tried. Here's the thing. It is hard to watch. It's hard to watch a player struggle. It always has been. You know what? And I know that that's part of it, and I know that uh, these guys get paid great money to play a game. But at the same time, when it's not going the way for the player, it's it's really difficult, and it can start to really eat away at you. And obviously with those quotes that you heard from, from Yessa, he's feeling it. He's feeling the pressure, and he's, and, he, and he's really lacking his confidence this game. Um, I think Jay addressed it in the right way and said, listen, we're trying to give him the tools to find that confidence and have confidence. And again, it goes back to what I was saying before about a tap on the shoulder for the other small. Don't just judge your game on a goal or assist or judge your game on how much ice time you're getting or, you know, if you're on the score sheet. I think that, and we do, you know, it's just, it's just human nature to want to look at the stat sheet and say, okay, what did you do tonight? But that doesn't necessarily tell you the whole story of what happened in the game. It, it quite honestly doesn't tell you very often of what happens in the game. Sometimes it goes hand in hand. Sure, you see a goal and assist, a plus two. 
and you watch the game, and you say, okay, the guy had a good game. But more often than not, you look at it and say, okay, he was good in those two shifts, but maybe he wasn't good the rest of the game. And you have to really kind of keep that in consideration when you're looking at it. That's why I say the eye test, I'm sorry, but the eye test will always be, for me, the most critical element of evaluating a player. You have to watch a player on a shift-to-shift basis. You have to watch a player and make sure that they're involved in the game in the capacity you want them to be involved in the game. Um, They can do a lot of great things and not show up on the score sheet. There's been a lot of times where I've seen games and, you know, you watch a guy play and you look at the score sheet and go, geez, you know, if you were to look at that score sheet after the game, you'd think you didn't do a whole lot out there. But you know what? He actually did. He actually did a lot. He was in the right position. He broke up a lot of plays, you know, made a few real nice passes that didn't get converted, could have easily had three or four points in the game. Is that a bad game because he didn't get in the score sheet? Now, with Yessa, obviously, um, the, the lack of confidence is real. It's coming right from his own mouth. He doesn't feel it. He does, he's, he's a little bit bewildered right now, doesn't know what to do, because I think there was a lot of expectation coming yes. this year for him with the start that he had last year. He came in and he was producing. Now, you and I have talked about this at length, and I'm sure everybody has. What What is the difference? What is it exactly about him that's different? Um, but it's amazing how you can get on a roll positively or you can get on a negative roll as well. And sometimes it's really, it's, it's, it's difficult to slow down that snowball effect when it starts rolling down the hill and getting bigger. It's hard to, you know, you know, run it into something and just break it up and start afresh again. But I like the fact that he's gotten physical. I think that for him right now, though, this is what I would say. And I'm, I'm going to put my coaching hat on for a second here. And I'd, you know, I'd say for Yessa, you know, I've been to a lot of the skates, most of them, and watching practice and seeing him, like, he needs to start working on the elements of where he's finding his opportunities. He's standing on shots again. He's trying to get shots away a little too fast, it seems. Um, and listen, I'm never one to sit here and say, maybe you need to change your stick, but maybe start shuffling some stuff around. Maybe try some different yep. things to see if you can feel a little bit different. Maybe work on that shot off the fly a little bit more practice. Make it a designated thing you're going to start practicing because you're getting those opportunities. You'll see guys that are net front. I'm going to I'm going to bring Matthew Kachuk up because he's a guy that you know we certainly love to hate around these parts of, of Alberta. And but this guy every single day, every single day on the ice, he's tipping pucks. Every single day he's standing in front of the net. I've watched those practices, and every single time I watch him, just like Joe Pavelski, who did it in San Jose, who's one of the best net front guys in the league, tipping pucks, redirecting, jamming rebounds home. You're constantly working on those little things that are going to funnel into your game and make your game better. And uh, I think sometimes when you lose your confidence, I know this from experience myself, you go, ah, it's not really going to make a difference. You know, I don't think it's going to make a difference right now. But that's the complete opposite mentality you have to have. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of reversing that thinking, saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to really dig in here. I'm going to dig in here and really make this a strength. I'll go back to another game that I love, tennis. Roger Federer. You know, everybody talked about his backhand that it was a weakness. And maybe ultimately in the end, that is what cost them some major championships with Djokovic and Nadal, that high top spin forehand of Nadal on the backhand of Federer. But for the stretch where he was the most dominant player in the game, and probably in my opinion, the best player in the game with the way he controlled games that could run you over, he made his backhand a weapon. He worked at it. He worked at it exclusively and made it where it was something that if you put it in the wrong spot, he put you away on that. And I think we talked about McDavid earlier in this conversation. What is it that he's so great at doing? 
he'll take one of his weaknesses or something that he feels he needs to be better at, which might not be a weakness to most of the league, but to him he considers it a weakness, and he tries to make it a strength. He tries to make it something that he can be better at. And I think that's what Yessa has to do. Yessa just needs to dig in that way, and then it only takes one. It just takes one bounce to kind of get you rolling in the right direction, and then that snowball that was a negative before becomes a positive. It's tough, though, Bob. I'm telling you, it's tough. It's a day-to-day grind. But I like the mentality right now, the team, um, as far as the coaching staff and the team right now supporting him and just saying, hey, what they gotta do. We, we need to get him back yep. on track here and get him rolling. Because when he is, we saw what he can do at the start of the year last year, and he wants to get back to somewhere at least of that type of a player. All right, Louie, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now, okay? All right, bud. Take care. Yep, that's Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. A quick text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Richard and Devin says, a lot of the media in this town should really be ashamed, uh, saying that maybe Jesse isn't ready and not play here since day one. Then he says it himself, same media is still on him for killing his value and sealing his fate here. What do they, the media, and the fans want from Richard and Devin? Well, you know what? I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and I will tell you point blank, the organization uh, did not do a good enough job with Pugliarvi initially when he was here. He's now 24. 75% for me of a player's success is dependent upon the player. Um, and, he, you know, I, I've sort of judged Jesse a little bit differently since coming back from Finland. He was decent in 2021. Uh, had showed some, you know, had a 15-goal season. Last year, had a great start. It tailed off. We talked about opportunity cost becoming an issue. Um, I'm stunned that it's gone this bad. It, it's, you know what, I've had other NHL coaches and executives reach out. It's sad. It's a sad story. Here's what we'll do. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook, but not before I remind you that today, again, is Santa's Day and 630 Chad. A uh, simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas. With your help, you can make that happen. You can donate to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous right now. You can call 587 587- 855 1821. That's 587 855 1821. Or visit Santa's Anonymous.ca. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook.